Welcome to the Better Brave Podcast, where you get to hear unique stories from guests like you who choose to live bravely outside of their comfort zones. I'm Candace Dudley, your host, former teacher turned online business mentor and podcaster. This podcast is for you if you're committed to living life on purpose, no more following the rules of society. Go hit the follow button if you haven't yet and tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today I have Amanda Lynn. She has written a memoir called Shattered Reality, which brought to light her mental health struggle after her 19-year-old sister, Josie, took her life by suicide in 2007. She has since been on a healing path of her own. Amanda is passionate about mental health through the mind-body-soul connection. Amanda is also a craniosacral therapist who uses her intuitive abilities to assist the body in healing. She has her own practice in Plainview, Minnesota. And I can't wait to welcome her to the show. Before we start, I just want to note that we will be talking and using the word suicide. We do not get into anything really more than that, but we're talking about healing and how you can support people through this loss, as well as going through Amanda's own healing journey and into her work as a cranial sacral therapist. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show, Amanda. I'm super thrilled that you're here. I just finished reading your book and I can't wait to dive in and talk about all the things with you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So like I said, I read your book. I read it in less than 24 hours. It had to have taken courage, immense amounts of healing on your part to even be able to share such things. And again, the book is called Shattered Reality, and it brings to light your sister's, your younger sister's suicide in 2007 when she was 19. And then the book, it's raw, it's heavy. It sheds so much light on the people that are left behind after suicide. And what do you want to share about that time? The overall goal while writing it was we just wanted to make sure that we were shedding light on all of the, you know, multifaceted parts of suicide. There's, you know, the person that's in it. So I shared some of her journal entries and gave a raw look of to what she was going through during that time. And then there's the survivor. There are those on the outside that don't understand it that I was hoping to bring more light to why do people do what they do. This kind of last piece of the puzzle when nothing else seems to fit and it just feels like this is their only option out. So just how deep-seated the grief is during the the journey, I don't have anything to compare it to as far as um, death in other realms necessarily, but the weight of the guilt of suicide is like a next level when you can't save someone from themselves. It's such an overwhelming feeling. It is really, it's raw. It's real. It is, it is the absolute truth of suicide in all of its yeah. multifaceted forms. I was looking some things up and I saw that suicide is the 11th leading cause of death already in the United States. And I just was thinking like at my age, mid thirties, it's hard to find someone who hasn't had some kind of an experience with it. What would you want someone listening who has experienced this with someone close to them to know? Hold on, you matter. I don't know that I want to say it gets better, but it does. I mean, I think the weight is always going to be there, but the intensity when it arises, it's still heavy. Like every anniversary, every birthday, it'll come out of nowhere and knock me off kilter, but it's less often. So in the beginning, the weight is there. It's all the time. It doesn't lift. It's as if the black cloud that was hanging over them gets transferred to everyone around them Mm. and the weight becomes ours. It does. Time will slowly but surely start to lighten the load. Okay. And for someone who is in the thick of it, how do they heal? How do they begin to heal this life-altering situation? 
I by no means have the answer because it's it's so different for everyone mm-hmm. and everyone's right. suicide story is so different. We were lucky. We got a note. We got letters. We were able to get a glimpse into her world and understand and, you know, kind of have some compassion for her as to why she did what she did. And that's not the case for everyone. And it's devastating when it's not, when you have no clue as to why it happened, what just happened. Um, So I do think, you know, it makes a difference as to the story and how it, how it unfolded, even though the end result is the same for everyone. I think faith is a big part of it. And it's not something that I had before she passed, Hmm. but it's something I've gained a lot since she's passed that I have to trust that she is in a better place. I have to forgive her. I didn't understand depression even in the slightest prior to her passing. And then it's as if it was transferred to me Mm. after she died. I would say on repeat, if this is what you felt like every day of your life, without even knowing a reason why, I don't blame you one bit for choosing this because Mm. I know why I feel like this and I don't want to stay here. Like I want to, I want to tap out too, because it's so heavy and painful. Um, and I think it's really important to, for people to understand that there's a lot of stigma around suicide is selfish. And if there's one thing that I would drive home, it's, it's putting a stop to that tagline. Mm. Um, when someone has cancer and they choose to stop treatment or heart disease or, or whatever, the ailment is, we do not shame them for choosing to withdraw from chemo or treatment or whatever the case may be. And yet with suicide, there's such a weight around, you know, how dare you? And it's like, why do we expect them to live in the confine of their own mind that they don't feel they have any control over just like a tumor or heart disease or, you know, these other, these other physical diseases. And yet we very much expect that of them. Yeah. So I think that's a really important concept to keep in mind. That's really profound. You go on to your own healing journey and it's, it's over a decade long from what I read in the book, it was painful and it was hard. And obviously it was worth it because you're still here spreading this message. And so you, you wrote the book and you created crisis averted that's when you began spreading awareness. And so you talked to schools and how did you know that you needed to share this? At what point was it like, now this is where I'm at in the journey? I had known for years, like we have to do something. Yeah. Mm. Something more has to be done. And it took me a while to actually get into the schools and be able to talk. So my easiest avenue was health classes because this was already being talked about in the curriculum. I started with Plainview Elgin Millville and they were really gracious about allowing me to just navigate my own way. We tried a lot of different um, programs. I built the curriculum off the kids. I would go in, speak, and then I'd get feedback forms. And then I'd constantly modify off of what resonated with the kids. And then it just kind of spread to Southeast Minnesota. And that's kind of lulled down now since um, COVID. 2019, I started backing off and then COVID hit. So I guess it worked itself out. But yeah, so it started there. And then Christ Averted was built more off of life coaching originally, and has transformed into 
craniosacral work. So working with the myofascia of the body and then realizing how much that plays into the nervous system and overall mental health, depression, anxiety, along with ADD, joint pain. You know, there's, it helps with a lot of different things, but, and then the mediumship abilities have come into play, just being over a body and better understanding what trauma may be lodged in the body. So this prolonged shoulder pain could be because they witnessed an event as a child between their parents at the age of eight, and it got lodged in their body. Understanding how trauma and like energy works and how it can get lodged. And if it doesn't get released, you have these prolonged physical, again, ailments or dis-ease in the body. Mm. So that has been really cool to see all of that come together um, in my practice. And just, it's always mind blowing to me too, to just like how much we're undermining trauma and not, not like trauma, like a car accident or a death, like in the way that we think of it. Um, It's referred to as big T trauma, little T trauma. But honestly, it could be the way I cover this a little bit in the book too, just the way something is perceived. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we say, how can two kids in the same household, alcoholic household come out so differently? One, you know, takes the same path and one chooses something totally different. And again, it's how it's being perceived Mm. to the person. So one person can be called fat and laugh it off and the next person is taking it on in yeah. you know, a deep sense of uh, emotional upheaval really understanding that trauma is totally different to each person and how it's being perceived and then how it's it's um often lying in the body before we get more to more about that i have one more question for you you mentioned in the book many times that stuck out to me is how angry you were at everyone around you, even people and family that were trying to be supportive and help. And I just want to know, because I think this might be really common, and I want to know if there's any advice that you can give someone listening that maybe they have someone close to them that is going through something like this, losing a sibling to this. Is there anything that someone can do? Or is there really nothing? Or is it just holding space? What I think so many times when you're, you want to help, but you're just lost, you don't know what to do. The eye opener for me was a couple of years after she had passed. So in 2007, she passed. And then in 2009, I had a really, really messy divorce. So it was like I barely caught my breath from her. And then this smoked me in multiple different ways. And I was going through therapy. This is probably a year or two after even the divorce. And I was saying like, He's like, you know, you're, you're really angry. And I was like, I'm not like, I'm not mad at Josie for what she did. I don't blame her one bit. If that's how she felt like there's no reprieve to this feeling. And he said, you are very angry. It was just coming out at your husband. Mm. And so I think just the realization of how different emotions can play themselves out in ways that like we think it it has to be associated to the death or the divorce right. or whatever the situation is. It's got to be at that person. But it's often not. It's it's playing out totally different than we realize. So I just remember that being kind of a jarring what? Mm. Oh, you know, this this misplaced Yeah. <laughs> it's misplaced emotion, right? And yeah, he did. He took the brunt of everything. I I wish it would have been him. 
because I was so mad at myself because I forfeited so much with her for him. That was a lot of my own internal stuff as well, that I made those choices, but I blamed him for it. So, yeah, I think it's it's hard because I think it sometimes it is just being able to identify. Am I really mad at you? Like this self-awareness component of where what's happening right now? Is it like I, I always advise people to say, is it is it mine? Is it yours? Is it ours? Mm, yep. like, whether you're in a dispute of with your kids, with your spouse, whatever it is, is this mine, yours or ours? Like who needs to work through what? Yeah. And yeah, a lot of it was getting put in places that it didn't belong because I wasn't doing the internal work because I didn't even realize that I was, that's how it was playing out. Right. So So is there anything that people around you or someone like you at that time could do, do you feel like? I have to tell you about the brand new Align Business Collective, led by Andrea Hansen, Brittany Williams, and myself, Candace Dudley, three entrepreneurs who have taken the leap, left their nine to five jobs, and are multi-passionate business owners. We understand your struggles. We have been in your shoes and felt that tug in our hearts, knowing we are made for something bigger. Those racing thoughts that keep you up at night, that feeling in your heart that tells you it's time to break up with your nine to five job, we know it too. Join us to discover a community that blends empowerment, education, and camaraderie for female entrepreneurs like you. Our collective offers an array of exclusive benefits designed to elevate your business journey and foster personal growth. We know that hiring a business coach can sometimes feel impossible when you're starting out, which is why we created this collective. Whether you are just starting to realize that you have the potential to create something great or already in the process of creating an exit plan to leave your nine to five or have already taken the brave and bold leap to become an entrepreneur, this is the community that you have been dreaming of. No matter what stage you are at, we are here to support you. To find out more, join our mailing list. Head to the show notes for the link. Now back to the show. I remember my mom kind of having some coming to Jesus moments with me. You can't keep blaming him. This was your choice. Like at some point, you have to take responsibility that I know you feel terrible that you made these choices, but ultimately they were still yours. So I think, you know, there is a some self-responsibility that we have to take. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I couldn't hear it. You know, I had to work through it years later in therapy and kind of come back to it and regurgitate it because there was just so much anger. And I don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, anger is like, it's a tricky one. And I, I ended up having to work through an anger workbook mm-hmm. with Don um, and realizing that sarcasm and passive aggressiveness is anger. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, what? That's a form of anger. Like, I'm like, I'm like amazing at it. I am so good at it. I had no idea. (laughs) Just those little things of being aware of the ways in which things are playing out. Okay. So it's really more of a pertain to you. Yeah. It's really more of a, your own thing. Like you, there's nothing for anyone on the outside to do. It's you doing that inner awareness and work, which isn't easy. I can't imagine. So through your own yeah. healing, you become a craniosacral therapist and you touched on it. It started with sounds like life coaching. Tell me about that journey and what that was like. In 2016, I got certified in Reiki, which is an energy healing. Mm-hmm. And I was just doing that part-time out of my house. So I was working a full-time job and then another part-time job, bartending, waitressing. And I loved it. 
it was really cool to see just the power of the energy and being able to pick up on what people were going through. But it often led to like another hour session afterwards of life coaching as well, because things Mm. were being brought up that were, you know, people are, people are just in the midst of a lot, right? Their life is heavy. It's hard. So then it kind of transitioned into life coaching and a little bit of both. And then, yeah, in the last year and a half, it's transitioned into more the craniosacral work and mediumship. So doing intuitive readings for people. I found that very helpful, being able to connect with someone that can connect with Josie. Just kind of putting closure to that passing is monumental as far Mm -hmm. as just being able to breathe again. And I went to a lot of mediums for a long time and wasn't able to get through to her. And I remember one of them telling me, you are so saturated in grief that Mm. she can't come through because Mm. you're just, even if she did, it's like, you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't, it wouldn't be enough. Like she just can't, like you, you kind of got to do some of your own internal work. I became weirdly obsessed with reading John Edwards books right after her passing and just like constantly wanting to know more. And I didn't know why I was doing it. I just knew that I had to. I love seeing that part of being able to help someone put kind of closure to a death or like they're okay. You know, they love you all as well. You can move forward with your life because sometimes we just need that permission. Right. Of we're, we're stuck because we're like, you left and I, so badly wants, yeah, want you to be here. And it doesn't mean it's just suicide. I mean, any form of passing. Right. So that has been really profound. Um, And then the cranial sacral has been just amazing to watch the physical body be able to heal because it truly, the body has the capacity to heal on its own, given the right tools. And this is one of those tools. And there's many of them basically just listening to it and facilitating what the body wants. The mediumship just plays a role when I'm over the body that things come up that need to be addressed. So if we need to talk through some things, we talk through it. There's plenty of times where we don't do any talking at all. And it's just craniosacral. Some people will say, like, I'm not interested in knowing any of my traumas or, you know, regurgitating any of it. But for the most part, people are pretty open to it. And like, yeah, there's something there. Like, I want to get rid of it. I want to consciously become aware of it and release it. I can personally speak to the anxiety, depression components of how much it's helped just calm my nervous system Mm. to just be able to breathe a little bit more. So that has been, yeah, really cool to watch. It sounds like it. So you're kind of touching on it already, but what kind of person would benefit from cranial sacral therapy, this type specifically? Anything from muscle, joints, spine, pain, aches, to depression, anxiety, ADD, ADHD. Unfortunately, most people have something. Right. I was going to say, sounds like we could all benefit from it. (laughs) Yeah. It's kind of hard to put it in a box. Like I feel like when someone's on the table, again, their body knows what it needs and it, it will correct itself. And I think it's always really interesting to see how many people get on the table within the first time or two. and just cry yeah. because they haven't had a minute to just relax. It's like you just take a minute to lay down and breathe. And you have like this space where, you know, nothing else needs to be done. You're not being lazy. The dishes are going to be there when you get home, all the things. And it's just like, 
whoa. Like your body is finally safe to release. I've got a lot going on and I didn't even know that's what was happening. Yeah. I think just the power and people realizing I need to just slow down for a minute. I don't allow myself this. I'm ready to just kind of surrender and like, yeah, let myself have an hour of no doing nothing is powerful in itself because we don't do it. No, we don't. I talk a lot about burnout on my social media and I think we're just living life right now where most of us are on autopilot, staying busy on to the next, to the next, to the next thing. And we don't even realize that we're packing so much emotions and different feelings away in our body because we're not checking in with ourselves. We're not, we're not, we're detached completely. So I can imagine that many people get on your table and start crying because it's by the first moment that they've actually been like, oh, I'm here too. (laughs) Like, you know, (laughs) I forgot about me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We've gone from what human beings to human doings. Yes. I heard that. Such a true statement that we're constantly next, next, next. And I have to, and well, the kids and the work and all the things and, you know, the economy now, the bills, things are adding up and it's not like it's getting easier. So, right. So real quick for people that don't have any idea what this kind of therapy, as you mentioned, get on the table. So tell us, is it like a massage? How does it all work? Okay. Yes. Good question. Yes. You're on a massage table, but you are fully clothed. Um, I usually do put a blanket on just because as you're laying there, you usually cool down and then it's all light touch. I say it's in between Reiki and a massage. Mm -hmm. Um, I am on the body more than Reiki, but I'm not like in the tissues um, massaging necessarily. So I generally start at the feet, end at the feet, and then I just listen to your body as to what it needs and go the places that it needs. So I think another big misconception is we're so focused in Western medicine on you need a hip replacement Mm -hmm. or your knee needs to be replaced. But what we don't understand is the body compensates however it needs to. So that hip pain could actually be generated from like your right hip could be generated from your left shoulder. Right. So the the body is one. It works as a whole. And so sometimes when you release something in a totally different area, that pain or that thing will release. So that's a really important um, concept to understand that, again, the body knows how to heal itself, given the time and tools. So, yes, you are fully clothed. The overall goal is for you to take a nap because the body heals best when it's resting. So I ask people to come in uncaffeinated yeah, (laughs) and yeah, just, just ready to relax. And yeah, the session is about an hour. And like I said, sometimes we talk, sometimes we don't, but it's overall working with the, the fascia of the muscles. So we think that our skin, we've always thought that the skin is the largest sensory organ, but our fascia houses 250 million nerves. Wow. So there's a lot going on in that alone. So wow. like back to the nervous system, it's a, it's a big deal. So my last question is, what message would you want the listeners to take away today? If they don't remember anything else that we've talked about, and there's so many things that they could take away, but what would you want them to remember? I feel like my tagline from the book has become, hold on, you matter. Yeah. In the chaos of it all, whether you're going through grief or not, is not even the point. Sometimes we just need to be reminded that, again, like I matter too. Mm -hmm. I do deserve this time. Like I deserve my own healing. I deserve to breathe outside of the norm, the chaos, all the things. Sometimes the most simplistic things are the hardest to remember. Right. So I think people and women and men, I mean, 
I think that there's a big uprising in men healing themselves as well. Both are really important to just know that allow yourself the safe space to do, to do the work, the inner work. Thank you for that. Tell us where can we find you? Where, if we want to book an appointment and we're local, like where can we find your office? Where can we find more about you? If we want to read the book, tell me all the things. Yes, absolutely. So the book is on Amazon, uh, Shattered Reality by Amanda Lynn. My site is www.crisisaverted.org. You can book in person. I'm located in Plainview, Minnesota, but um, I do do Zoom or phone calls. So that's always an option. You can scroll through the different sessions. And then we do have, I have a couple things coming up September and October. September 23rd, I'm pairing with two other practitioners in St. Charles to do a uh, detox. And it's just going to be a morning, I think 930 in the morning. Um, So you can come in, get a foot bath to detox the physical part of your body and let go of all the all the gunk that we tend to take on. And then we'll just like basically a journaling class uh, to let go of the mental, emotional stuff that you may be holding on to. And then Anna will do breath work. So just basic breath of realizing the power of the breath. And then in October, I am pairing up with an astrologer from the cities and we are doing a mediumship course for people that want to learn more about their intuitive abilities. A lot of people feel like they have them and she can read in your astrology natal chart if you do have these abilities. And then, so we're going to pair up and do, do a class for that. So. Oh, yeah. fun. I love all that stuff. I'm like, okay, yeah. sign me up. I need to go. <laughs> right? Thank you so much. Thanks for being here again. I appreciate you sharing all this and just to our listeners as always have a better brave day. Hey, thanks for being here. I love being able to highlight entrepreneurial journeys because no two are the same. To grab my free sales page planner or to book a discovery call with me, head to the show notes. Finally, please leave a quick review so I can continue this work. See you next week.